Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University where we talk about what's going on in pop culture and see what we can learn from it. I'm your host, Patty Eminger. If it's your first time here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. And don't worry, you don't have to take out a student loan. There's no crazy tuition. You can just sit back and relax and learn in the classroom. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. You guys, Mariah Carey has defrosted and she said, it's time. So it's time for the holiday season. Again, we're back in the holly jolly spirit. I'm kind of like the Grinch at this point in my life. A little bit be humbug. Maybe my heart can grow a few sizes bigger this year. But as I get older, I feel like the years just go by faster. And the holidays come so fast. A part of me is like, damn, we just did this shit. We just took down the Christmas tree. We just listened to that Mariah Carey song. And now we're doing it again. It's kind of hard for me to get into these holiday spirits when I feel like it just happens so fast. Maybe I need to wipe off the rust of my I don't know my bad attitude I need to watch a Hallmark movie or something to get me in the Christmas mood this year because I'm just not feeling it I'd rather just skip to next year why can't holidays be every other year or why can't we come up with some new holidays to keep it exciting a part of me is just overdoing the same shit all the time but anyway Speaking of holidays, we got to talk about this year's Halloween on today's podcast because there were some crazy controversial Halloween costumes, including Billie Eilish and her much older man. They went as something super fucking weird. I'm going to recap my Halloween for you guys. And then we need to talk about Taylor Swift having the best week of her motherfucking life. She's accomplishing things that music artists have never, ever, ever, even the biggest artists who have ever lived have never accomplished something that she did this week. Well, meanwhile, her biggest enemy is failing harder than anyone has ever failed in the world so it's a really poetic tale that we're going to tell this week and then we're going to talk about why Caitlyn Jenner hates all transgender people of course we have to mention that as well but before we get into it if you can just rate this podcast five star on Spotify and Apple podcast leave a cute little review screenshot it post it to your Instagram story and tag me so you can help the podcast expand your friends can see it let everyone know what you're listening to it helps the podcast grow because we don't have big companies doing it for us It would mean the most to me, and I will definitely hit you up in your DMs if you do that, because I will always see it. And without further ado, welcome to Pop Culture University. Let's get into it. Everyone, take your seats. Class is in session. All right, so Halloween, it was Halloween this weekend. Oh, it is a time for everyone to be a slut. A slutty time was had by all. So again, I was going to be Kanye West this year. I wanted to walk around with fake beheaded Pete Davidson. And I just thought it'd be so funny because all the drama that went on. But after his death country on the Jewish people and the whole White Lives Matter thing, I just couldn't. I wanted to, but not even Azalea Banks would work with Kanye West at this point so unfortunately i had to 
improvise. And about 30 minutes before I went out, I started to just paint a skeleton face on my fucking face. And my dog was licking my face as I was trying to get my face makeup on. She got white and black paint all over herself. But you know what? It looked pretty good. I posted a TikTok of me dancing to it to the best believe I'm still bejeweled. When I walk in the room, I could still make the whole place shimmer. Dance that that little cute Asian man that is so fucking weird but amazing he like made that dance to it that everyone's doing of course i did that and i went out to this straight bar crawl in chicago i love how i have to preface that it was a straight bar crawl so it probably wasn't the best it probably wasn't worth the 75 dollars that i paid to go to this i did not know bar crawls were so damn expensive but you know i guess i should have known but it was in a place called wrigleyville where the cubs play baseball or whatever they do in there and it was i guess fun i went with a group of my girlies and it was so fucking packed. You would think it was Coachella in that bitch. You had to be $75. And there was probably like 15 or 20 bars on this street. But they're tiny ass bars. You can't fit. They're, it's it's not like a clown car where you can put a million people in each fucking bar. You can, I don't know, 100. But each bar was so packed that you couldn't even move when you were in there. And the lines were so long. They oversold tickets. They were greedy ass motherfuckers in Chicago. They sold so many tickets that people couldn't even get into bars. There were just lines outside. It was like, they should have just made it a block party or something. I went as a skeleton, though, and I thought I looked really sexy. Um, I, I love the fantasy of having your face painted or a mask on so no one knows it's you. You can really let loose. So I was definitely dancing. Even though things were full, me and my friends, we are just fun people, so we had fun. And a trend this year with skeletons. I don't know if you guys noticed. Half the people in my group, we all just painted skeleton faces on ourselves. All the fuckboys on Instagram just painted skeleton. It's like for sexy, lazy people. So if you are a skeleton this year, congratulations. You're sexy, but you're also lazy. And I think being lazy is a good thing. I want to get into some more trends of Halloween. But I want to tell you, me and my friends went to this party after we realized that the bar suck, we went to this house party and there was, I had the scariest experience. I thought I was going to get murdered on Halloween night, like some Michael Myers knife to the face shit. We go to this Halloween party and it was like one of our friends from high school. It's fine, but we're waiting in line for the bathroom and this guy comes up to us and he's dressed in like a distressed bloody outfit. And we don't even know what he's, what his costume is, but he comes up to me and my two girlfriends and he's like, hi, oh, you guys like, what's up and he's so drunk he's on another planet astral projecting he's on mars with elon musk he can't even look us in the eye because he's that drunk his whole room is spinning and he's like hey guys what's up blah 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 and we're like oh we're just waiting in line for the bathroom but there was a little sign in a closet next to the bathroom that said this is for hookups only the closets we were like oh we might go in the hookup closet ha 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 and he was like ha 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 this man was dead we think he was being a zombie because he was just wearing distressed clothes but he was acting like a zombie and I don't think he was like some hired entertainer to scare the guests. I think he was just on seven drugs at a time. He drank too much of the jungle juice. So we say to him, hey, we think you're, you're really drunk. Like, let's go find your friends. Like, we'll get you water. And he's like, no, I'm not drunk. And we're like, no, like, let's help you. Like, we're asking people, hey, like, do you know this guy, Nelson? He's literally dead over here. And then he's getting really aggressive. Like, why are you guys spitting this narrative that I'm drunk? I don't like that. And he's walking up to us, getting really aggressive in his like deep, like, scary voice and you know when people are so fucked up they have just like extra strength they can like lift a car over themselves this is like he he was giving that energy that vibe we thought he was gonna strangle us some mass murder shit so we just keep saying he's drunk and he's like no stop spinning that narrative his friends finally come and pull him away from us and then we go up to the host of the party and i'm like that man is a serial killer 
get him out of here. He is a danger. He is a serial killer. And then she gives me that look like he's standing right behind me. And I turn around and he's standing right fucking there looking mad as fuck. And then the host says, hey, like, Madwick, we think you're drunk. And then my friend is like worried, like trying to defuse the bomb that this man is. And she goes, no, he's not drunk. Like, he hasn't been drinking. He doesn't like that. But he's clearly plastered. But she's just trying to not get him to freak out. And then she finally takes him and, like, puts him away. And he doesn't shoot us or Jeffrey Dahmer us or Ted Bundy us. But I fully thought I was about to get my ass beat this Halloween. But I survived. Thank the fucking Lord. Um, I hope you guys had a safer Halloween than I did. Didn't almost get murdered by someone who is off their rockers. Let me know what you wore for Halloween. DM me your costume. I want to know. Post it. Tag me. Anyway, some trends this year. A lot of cartoon characters. I felt like I was at Comic-Con at that bar crawl. And it was really fun seeing all the costumes. But I feel like the bars weren't that fun. But seeing everyone slay, everyone be sexy. I saw a lot of cartoons. Like Danny Phantom. A lot. He must have had some kind of resurgence this year. I feel like he was so a part of people's gay awakenings. I feel like a lot of like gay toxic like muscular gays were him and there were some nice focal points on the people wearing those outfits if you know what i'm saying in the back and in the front so i like the danny phantom costumes scooby-doo people i saw a lot of lesbian velmas because now she's out as a lesbian so i hope everyone knows if you dress as velma you were a lesbian this year for halloween oh and you know what they say you're only your real self one night of the year and that's halloween every other day you're really wearing a costume I actually think Kanye West said that, which I shouldn't be quoting him. But yeah, lots of Velmas. A lot of Simpsons. I saw a lot of Marge Simpson. I don't know why everyone wanted to put on that three-story tall blue wig. She was all the buzz this year. The biggest trend by far, though, is that everyone was being so sexy this year. It was like an overwhelming amount of sexy. Which I get it. It's the one night uh, in the girl world where every girl can dress like a total slut and none of the other girls can say anything about it. But people took it really fucking far. Everyone had their skin out, honey. People were horny this damn year. Even every celebrity went as something sexy. Like, damn, I thought Instagram banned Pornhub from their platform. Sean Mendez was sexy Indiana Jones. Kendall Jenner was sexy Jesse from Toy Story. Asses out. Muscles out. Bulges out. The funniest is when people are something sexy, but like it should not be something that you should think of to sexualize or... Like, do you, do you know what I'm saying? It's just so con- like comical, the fact that someone really thought to make this outfit sexy. Those are my favorite costumes. People are just so eager to be naked that they would make the Pope sexy. So I made a list of celebrities who went as something sexy this year that I just thought was funny because it should not have been like their choice of something sexy to be. I was looking at my one of my friends all night who went as sexy It, like the evil clown from It, and I was like, she looks so hot. Like, why am I into this? Like, she looks amazing. I just thought, I was f- I was flabbergasted that she made It the Clown look so fucking sexy. And I just thought it was so funny. The whole night I told her, I was like, the fact that you're the sexy It who, like, eats children is fucking hilarious to me. So anyway, Patrick Starr and Eugene from the Try Guys both went as sexy Vecna. Vexa- Vecna is the ugliest, wormy-looking ass, nastiest bitch, skank bitch, fugly slut, that I've ever seen. I guess they made her look a little better better with like their puffing or their padding. Sorry. Their padding making her look like she got a BBL or just got off the operating table. But still, she looked like trash. She needs a lot more work than that. Cardi B and Lizzo both went as Marge Simpson. Again, I don't know why that girl is the beauty standard now. But if she is, I'm not 
growing out my hair 10 feet in the air and dyeing it blue. Another trend this year, trend alert, is people cutting ass circles out of their clothes so you can just see your ass cheeks. Not, not your ass crack, just your ass cheeks. And why not? Cardi B cut out her ass cheeks on her Marge Simpson outfit and then Nicki Minaj cut out her ass cheeks on her Cinderella outfit. It's like Prince Eric sees Cinderella, who's actually Nicki Minaj, like leaving the ball and he can't see her face. But he's like, it was the baddie with the with the ass cheeks out, the, the big BBL'd ass and the tiny waist. I need to find her. And the rest of the movie, he's trying to find someone who fits the right proportions. Wiz Khalifa was a sexy nun and girls were like grabbing his dick. I saw someone go as sexy Elsa. Miranda Cosgrove was a sle- was slutty tin man. Like, what? Even Miranda Cosgrove is being slutty. That PG-13 version of iCarly is really getting to her. I saw someone at the bar call go sexy Michael Myers. She had, like, the janitor's outfit on and the Michael Myers mask. But her big-ass double-D titties were out with just stars over them. <laughs> I was like, that is how Halloween should have ended. Period. She looked amazing. I saw someone go as sexy Cartman from South Park. Sexy Stewie. Nikita Dragon was sexy Edna from The Incredibles and she was walking on her tippy toes. I thought that was or like like you know I you know what I mean like um like kneeled down almost all the way to the floor and then walking on her tippy toes. I thought that was hilarious. Sexy CDC workers, sexy Jojo Siwa, um sexy corn. It's corn, a big lump of nuts, a sexy atomic bomb, very fitting. Sexy Kim Jong-un, sexy Shrek and Donkey, all things that really should not be sexy at all and would actually be kind of jarring seeing. Those were just my favorite. But I, I feel like this year was just so slutty. And I saw even a few headlines and people talking about on Twitter just how slutty this Halloween was. Like, was it too sexy? One article said, too sexy for ha- for Halloween. Paris Hilton, Kylie Jenner, Megan Fox, and other people dress up in some very revealing outfits. And I saw some other articles talking about how Instagram was inundated with, like, sexy content from Halloween. And was it too much? But all I have to say is, never. How dare they try to take away the one end of the year that we can dress as sluts from us? As long as it's legal, girl, you do not even need to use Halloween as a day to dress slutty. And you should never let someone slut shame you for that. You should dress slutty every single day. So anyway, what can we learn from this Halloween being super unapologetically, unapologetically, unapologetically slutty? Wear whatever you want to wear every day of the motherfucking year. If you want to dress revealing, do that. If you want to dress conservative, do that. Never let anyone's judgment scare you out of wearing what you want. Are you gay and want to wear feminine clothes? Do that. Are you an Attack on Titan or anime fan and want to wear merch? Wear that. Express yourself with your clothes however you want, bitch, because you look the best when you're happy, you're confident, and you feel your best. And apparently a lot of stars felt their most confident being 80% naked this Halloween, and I appreciated it, so... Dress however the fuck you want any day of the week, even if you're just going to church, the library, the post office. If you want to dress like a slut because you you feel good and you only get one life and you know that and you want to look good all the time, bitch, do that. You don't need to wait for Halloween. Some people should really have not worn the costumes that they worn this year. And that includes Billie Eilish because Billie Eilish and her boyfriend, Jesse Rutherford, they did a couple's costume together. But the gag is, is that she went as a baby and he went as an elderly old man. And she's 20 and he's 31. So I feel like that was their way of kind of mocking all the outrage about their huge age gap online. And yes, ha ha ha, tee hee hee. That's funny. Like, you you got us there. That's a cute couple's outfit. But is it? Is it really? Girl, you're 20 and he's 31. And you're going to wear a baby and an old man outfit? Kind of like even making the situation look worse? Because if you think about it, when he was, what, 
21 she was like uh, 10 it it just puts i think it even into more perspective the fact that they highlighted it with their costumes this is what some people said on twitter Billie Eilish and Jesse Rutherford's matching Halloween costumes is incredibly sick and twisted, especially with their age difference and power imbalance. It's not funny or chic. It's not poking fun. It's disturbing. And the adults in her life are letting her down once again. Damn. I mean, kind of true, though. It's almost like she's asking for like, hey, on the internet or disturbed drama on the internet. Girl, if you don't like that, why are you doing that? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it like shuts people up at the same time. I don't think this is the best case scenario to do such a thing you could have just had a peaceful halloween and just not give a fuck what people say in privacy without wearing a baby costume someone else said that billy eilish costume is extremely disturbing and i absolutely hate it every time it crosses my timeline i wish i could wash my eyes with soap and scrub this from my mind people were also wondering or are they just making fun of us for caring so much about their relationship but most people say that it's really fucking embarrassing if they just don't care at all and are like trying to shove it to the fans in my opinion if i was at a halloween party and a couple with that kind of age gap walked up to me and explained their costumes i'd be like oh i wouldn't know what to say i'd be like that's kind of weird i think you're weird for that that's what i would think i'd be like oh i get it haha i would i would only say i get it i wouldn't say i like it it would make me uncomfortable because it's highlighting just like a weird elephant in the room and i don't know to me like 20 or 21 is still just so young. Like, I know she's over 18, but I feel like maybe Billy's kind of in denial of the huge age gap. So she's, this is her way of like making light of it. But I don't know. I'm not a fan. Someone else who had a really controversial costume is Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, they're still together. I haven't talked about them in a second, but Machine Gun and Megan went as Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson for their costumes. But the controversial part is that he as a part of the costume, kept snorting a powdery substance off of her boobs with a rolled up dollar bill. And he was like licking her boobs and, you know, making sure he got all the fake cocaine off of her titties and they were posting it online. And then their second outfit of the Halloween weekend was a like BDSM bondage dominatrix woman and a priest. So I feel like they gave their fans everything they wanted with that combination. I mean... It could have been a lot worse. She could have been snorting cocaine off of his dick or something. But people online, parents, blah, 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 who for some reason think they care, said that they're a bad influence and they shouldn't be allowed to post stuff like that. It's too much. It shouldn't be allowed on phones, blah, blah, blah. They influence kids these days. Yeah, they're a bad influence. No, duh. If those are your children, don't let them follow those people. Put restrictions on their phone. Like They are not your role models for that reason and if you're so worried about what your kids are watching maybe dictate what they're watching more and don't give them a phone at that young of an age but yeah or don't let them have an instagram account or turn on the four kids version of instagram like there's so many things to do i don't know why you're really complaining off of that but a lot of people are being like oh machine gun kelly has a daughter and megan has three sons why are they acting like teenagers and blah 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 I think because they want to, and I don't. I don't think there's like an age limit on how long you can do sexy Halloween costumes or frisky Halloween costumes like that. So I'm actually on Team Megan and Machine Gun. They're fucking weird. They like suck each other's blood and put toxic rings on each other's fingers that will cut them if they take them off. So I think this is actually a good step for them to just do something like that.
13 years ago, almost to the date, Kanye West jumped on stage at the VMAs when a young burgeoning pop star, Taylor Swift, won Best Pop Video, and he grabbed the mic out of her hand and told the whole world that basically she did not deserve it and completely invalidated her and literally traumatized her for life. Such a formative experience that it's probably one of the core memories in her brain that lives on today and probably wakes her up in the middle of the night screaming and would deserve a place on her album, Midnight's. Yo, Taylor, I'm really happy for you. I'm gonna let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. One of the best videos of all time. Now here we are today, 13 years later. If you would have asked Mr. Genius Kanye West, he probably would have said the roles would be reversed. She would be some irrelevant, you know, one-hit wonder, blah, 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 some young light hitter in the pop world. He would be just continuing his empire, being a billionaire. But the exact opposite is going on. (laughs) Taylor Swift is having the best week of her fucking life, and Kanye West's life has never been worse. I don't know why his name is Ye, because no one is saying Ye for him. He's not saying Ye anytime soon. But anyway, Ye, he's on the totally other end of the spectrum as Taylor. She's having extreme happiness and success. He's having extreme failure and sadness. Because do you know what happened this week for Taylor Swift? She broke a record that not even the Beatles broke, not even Michael Jackson, not even Madonna, not even Mariah Carey, not even Rainy Rodriguez. She has every single song in the Billboard Top 10. Billboard is the most important chart. It's really the only chart that a lot of artists even worry to talk about because it's a cumulative chart of streams, radio play, YouTube views, sales with iTunes, sales with CDs, sales with vinyls. It combines everything to really understand what is the most popular song in the world right now. And she has the top 10 spots. This is from Billboard. It says, Taylor Swift occupies the entire top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100 with tracks from Midnight's, becoming the first artist in history to achieve this. I'm so happy for Blondie. I just want to, like, relish in this week, listen to the album the whole week, which, of course, I'll be doing. I'll be listening to it for the next year. But I just, like, this is such a massive accomplishment. How do you even celebrate it? There's no alcohol strong enough. There's no party, Project X party that you can throw that is strong enough. I don't even know how she would celebrate, but I'm just so fucking happy for her because she used to be so worried around the time she was, you know, approaching 30, about like 2018, 2019, that she would, her career would kind of come to a plateau. She wouldn't be able to sell the numbers that she used to with 1989 or Red or whatever because she kind of feels the ageism, especially with women in the industry, it really stifens women and you aren't even seen as valuable or exciting or fresh enough anymore to be given a chance past the age of 30. And she was not fearful of getting older, but fearful of the treatment that she would receive by society, really. And I'm so happy that maybe it's just her like Swifty army. Maybe society has changed, but I'm so happy that her and her talent and extreme hard work were able to push past that fear and prove herself wrong. I couldn't be happy for her, happier for her, because imagine 
just one of your biggest fears subsiding and the opposite happening, the best case scenario happening. And she must just be having the best day. I'm going to read you the full top 10, just like in, in a celebratory manner. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me pull it up. Okay, number one, Antihero, Taylor Swift. Number two, Lavender Hayes, Taylor Swift. Number three, Maroon, Taylor Swift. Number four, Snow on the Beach, Taylor Swift, featuring Lana Del Rey. Okay, Lana, I see you. Fuck it up on there. It's so funny that there's only two artists in the top ten this week, and it's like ten Taylors and one Lana. Good, good for fucking Lana. Midnight Rain, Taylor Swift, number five. Number six, Bejeweled, Taylor Swift. Number seven, Question, Taylor Swift. Eight, You're On Your Own Kid, Taylor Swift. Nine, Karma, Taylor Swift. Ten, Vigilante Shit. I'm surprised Karma isn't higher. I fucking love Karma and Vigilante Shit. I feel like people were really going off on those. But yeah, it makes sense that like Lavender Hayes and Maroon are higher because they're like on the beginning of the album. So people were listening to those first and more often, I guess. But she's so far ahead that the second place person can't even see her. Like no one was even close to stopping her from achieving this this week. Billboard said that even just her streams were strong enough for Taylor Swift to occupy the entire top 10 just on that alone. She didn't even need to factor in vinyls or radio airplay or anything like that. But if they did, she's probably 10 times what the number 11 spot is. And let's be honest, she probably has all the spots up to number 19. Uh, The full chart isn't out until tomorrow. But that alone is such an insane accomplishment. And an even bigger accomplishment is that for the first time ever, solely because of Taylor Swift, male artists are absent from the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100 for the first time. Can you fucking believe it? Just Taylor and Lana. Taylor ended men. Men are losing their shit right now. Men on podcasts everywhere are screaming, crying, spitting onto their microphone, absolutely pissed. Andrew Tate is in his house quaking. Taylor is leading the feminist movement, truly. And then this is what Taylor, uh, her response was this morning when the news came out. She said, 10 out of 10 on the Hot 100 on my 10th album? I am in shambles. Oh my God, that is cool. See, she planned this. She was like, I'll get the top 10 on my 10th album just because I like numbers and all that shit. But anyway, she's having the best week of her life and no one deserves it more than Taylor because I truly think she's the Shakespeare of our time. She is the amazing poet of our time. She is... Her competition isn't even like the other current people. Her competition is the greatest of all times. She's competing against like the Elvises and the Michael Jacksons. Her competition is herself. No one these days is even close to her, including Kanye West. And the same week, this very same week, 13 years after their whole feud ignited because Kanye was an arrogant asshole. This is everything that's happening to him. Horrible. We already know he loves Hitler. He's been a a Hitler stan since 2018 and he wanted to name his album after hitler and then we know the whole defcon three to the jews thing and all the anti-semitism that he's spreading online that is absolutely horrible and deplorable and he needs to not even be spoken about on the internet ever again i should stop talking about him on here completely but kanye was kicked off the forbes list this week because he lost over two billion dollars just this week because adidas adidas ended their sponsorship with him their partnership with him or whatever and just that deal alone lost him 1.5 billion dollars and his arrogant narcissistic ass thought he could say whatever he want and adidas needed his money and his name so much that they wouldn't work with him he said this i could literally say anti-semitic and they can't drop me i could say anti-semitic things and adidas can't drop me now what 
And then they fired him. Mike motherfucking drop. I love that he's really learning that he can't say whatever he wants and still let people and still think people will work with him just because his power. I love that he's finally learning that and it must be shocking to him. Adidas then put out a statement that said, Adidas does not tolerate anti-Semitism and any other sort of hate speech. Ye's recent comments and actions have been unacceptable, hateful, and dangerous, and they violate the company's values of diversity and inclusion, mutual respect, and fairness. Absolutely. All the other deals that are gone, this is just wonderful to read because I think he's in need of a waking up. He needs a huge piece of not even just humble pie, but humble thanksgiving dinner you know what i'm saying the biggest punch right to the balls of humbleness in the world all his other brand deals that he lost are gap balenciaga his vogue partnerships uh chase bank will not work with him his talent agency caa his music videos and songs are being removed from the radio and playlist like if you want to listen to his songs now on like spotify or something you have to go search up his name they won't recommend him to you they won't have him randomly come on a shuffle or a radio station you have to go look him up he's locked out of twitter and instagram his documentaries are getting canceled sketchers won't work with him and you think that would cause him to stop but no he keeps going this week he said that george floyd didn't die from the knee being on his neck but from fentanyl or something even though he didn't have proof with that he was just saying like spreading major misinformation about how george floyd died and obviously many many people were offended by this and even george floyd's mom oh wait no no no, i'm sorry the mother of george floyd's daughter said that she went and filed a 250 million dollar defamation lawsuit against yay for mischaracterizing the 46 year old's brutal death and guess what kanye went back on what he said about george floyd and i love that he did that do you know why because now that kanye is not worth as much as he once was or thinks he might be losing money left and right he's scared and he's losing his power he went back to saying that george floyd's life was taken by the police officer who kneeled on his neck because he can't afford another lawsuit for 250 million dollars and he probably lose because the public opinion against him is so bad and that's how you know someone's power is being taken away and it's about damn time because someone like him cannot be getting all this press and the, the media attention and the outrage that he wants and i think he's being humbled more than he ever has in life and he said this to like tmz or something right out of his car or whatever but on the street he was talking about how he's being humbled that happened but the general feeling so when i said that and i and i and i questioned the death of george floyd it hurt my people it hurt the black people so i want to apologize to hurting them because right now god has shown me by what adidas is doing and by what by what the media is doing I know how it feels to have a knee on my neck now. So I thank you, God, for humbling me and letting me know how it really felt. Because how could the richest black man ever be humbled other than to be made to not be a billionaire in front of everyone off of one comment? That actually, if you look at the definition of DEF CON, it means to get extra defense which obviously i must have needed yeah i must have needed that extra defense uh i mean still very arrogant like mansplaining when he was saying all that but at least he kind of understands what's going on but he also got in a fight at north's soccer game with another parent this week there's literally just a video of him like yelling at the team mom or something who's literally just trying to sit there and like watch their kid flail their legs around and then give all the little munchkins 
Scooby-Doo fruit snacks afterwards. Like, that's all she was trying to do. And Kanye was literally fighting the parents on the sidelines at the soccer game. His, like, therapy, his way to calm himself down is to just fight the nearest person in sight. He was literally fighting the fucking moms at the soccer game. But anyway, what can we learn from this? From Taylor Swift having massive success, even though Kanye tried to end her career multiple times and her just staying down her own path that has led to this monumental moment in her career and life. I think what we can learn is that focus on yourself and not your haters. Your haters have problems within themselves that they are taking out on you. Do not let those people sidetrack you. Focus on your work, your goals, your vision, because that's what they want to sidetrack you. And to be honest, throughout the years, Kanye probably saw Taylor as one, someone to get clout from, two, competition for streaming or whatever. So he was definitely latching onto her and spreading his hateful ways and life to try to take her down. But Taylor did not let Kanye stop her from being her, from working, from making art how she wanted to, and from just being herself. And Taylor didn't continue the cycle that Kanye wanted to put onto her of bullying. And because, you know, like a bully becomes a bully. Someone who is bullied when they're younger will probably then do the same to someone else. Like Taylor says in her song, Mean, the cycle ended with her, but she did not turn into a bully because someone was trying to take her down. She focused on positivity, hard work, her merit and her talent. And it got her to where she is. And it got him to where he is. He should have just been focused on himself and his life. But instead, he is being messy all around town and karma was coming his way and good karma was coming taylor swift's way Wait, I learned from someone the other day that the, the, the only kind of karma is good karma. Like, in, in the real, like, laws of karma, where it originated from, or the folklore of karma, there was never such thing as bad karma. It was only if you do something good, something good will come back to you. I don't think that's true, though. I feel, what's that saying? No good, no good deed goes unpunished. Anytime I go out of my way to do something good for someone or, like, do a favor for someone, it, it always ends up with something bad happening to me. I feel like I do get good karma from just generally being a good person, but the sense like if good karma is a real thing, I don't really think so. I talked about on another podcast, though. I don't really think karma is real. It's just being a good person. But anyway, that whole concept is very interesting. Anyways, in honor of this amazing Billboard Top 10 and Taylor's album Midnight selling more than 1.5 million copies in the first week, we need to get our sleuth caps on and be the good Swifty internet stands that we are and dissect. We need to throw her songs on the operating table, rip them open and dissect who we think they're about. Because Midnight's, as Taylor said, is 13 different songs, about 13 sleepless nights in her life when something was tormenting her in the middle of the night and she was thinking so hard about it that she could just not sleep. And I think that's a really interesting creative writing prompt. And I love all the discussions that this album has, 
made. And I love that it's an autobiographical album, but unlike her other ones, it's not from just one little pocket of time. It's spread out through her whole life because she was just reflecting on some of the most traumatizing sleepless nights that were undoubtedly about something really important and vital in her life to her. And that's why they were keeping her up. So people just want to know what these songs are about, what situation she went back and revisited. And it's so fun that in these songs, we're getting like a chapter two to some of the old albums and the old stories that we heard and kind of how she feels about them now. So let's just get into it. What are these songs on Midnight's about? I've been loving all the TikToks about it. Me and my one friend have sent each other like 50 TikToks about the theories of what this song is about and this song and this song. And it's like Swifty mayhem. It's so much fun. Taylor Taylor Swift could sell a fucking like comic book or I, I don't even know. She could just make a whole world about dissecting who her songs are about. So we know Karma is probably about Kanye West as we kind of just went over before. So... I mean, maybe some other people too, but mostly Kanye West. And I feel like some other of them are like really obvious and sweet, like Midnight, or sorry, like Mastermind. It's probably about Joe. You know, she wanted to get him in the same room with her at the same time so they could be together forever. It's just giving very much Joe. So we already know what a few of them are about. But let's dive into three of them. Three of the most intense, ominous songs that are so amazing and have put a knife in my stomach and twisted them, twisted it to the side and just made me so curious about what the fuck emotions are coming up through her right now. So we're going to dissect Vigilante Shit, Would've, Could've, Should've, and Midnight Rain. Those three are getting major traction online. People must know the backstory and what night and what year people think Taylor Swift had a sleepless night that she is now remembering. So let's start with the vigilante shit. Track number eight. They say looks can kill and I might try. I don't dress for women. I don't dress for men. Lately I've been dressing for revenge. I don't start shit, but I can tell you how it ends. If I had to guess what sleepless night this song is from, I would say it's from one night that Taylor Swift was up in 2020, two years ago. And the situation that was racking her brain and not letting her sleep is the one where she was getting her music stolen from her by none other than Scooter Braun. I think that situation still haunts her. It's something that even though she's healing from it by re-recording her new albums, I think her songs are her babies to her. Her albums are her babies. And the fact that she doesn't own the original probably keeps her up at night today. So I think it's about Scooter Braun. And the lyrics are, draw the cat eye sharp enough to kill a man. You did some bad things, but I'm the worst of them. Taylor puts the word kill and man in sentences together way too much i would not be surprised if she you know went homicidal one day and if scooter braun goes missing we know exactly who to blame but i will be her alibi and say she was with me she did not do it more lyrics are well he was doing lines and crossing all of mine someone told his white collar crimes to the fbi so he crossed taylor taylor said that she was the worst bad thing that he ever did And I agree, stealing someone's life work. 
And the gag is, is that Scooter Braun was involved in a $200 million legal dispute over a private equity fund where basically he promised that he could raise hundreds of million dollars for a company to launch and he failed to do so and lied. So that's a white collar crime. Um, kind of explaining like why he was involved in this crime. A source said when it came to fundraising, Braun turned out to be a sheep in wolf's clothing, ultimately admitting to Commissar that despite his bravado, asking people to invest made him uncomfortable and therefore refused to fully engage in the fundraising efforts. In other words, as Commissar ultimately found out when Braun pulled out entirely, Braun had never intended to be fully engaged as he had promised that he would. And that happened in June 2021. And I think Taylor is admitting that someone told his white collar crimes to the FBI. And I would not be surprised if it was her. She's a very revenge-driven person, and I don't think she just sings about it. I think she really fucking does it. So I would not doubt if that was literally her, and the FBI tweeted when the song came out. They were like, oh my god, Taylor mentioned us. Even the fucking FBI is a fucking Swifty. More lyrics are, she needed cold hard proof, so I gave her some. She had the envelope. Where do you think she got it from? Now she gets the house, gets the kids, gets the pride. Picture me thick as thieves with your ex-wife. And that goes along with the Scooter Braun story because he got a divorce in 2021 from his ex-wife, Yale Cohen Braun. They were together for seven years because it was leaked in 2021 that he was having an affair with none other than the Real Housewife star, Erica Jane. And if you know anything that's going on with Erica right now, her husband got like dementia last year in 2021 and she's getting sued for, for millions and millions for something that her husband did. So she can't even talk to her husband anymore because he's incompetent. He's really going downhill. Like, he's not even who he used to be. So she was single that year, and she said she just wanted to hook up with people and get some dick. And she always talks about getting dick, 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 dick on The Real Housewives. I would not be surprised if Erica, who suddenly needed some money from her sugar daddy, hooked up with him. And I, bruh, I would not be surprised if Taylor Swift let the wife know because she, the wife, got the house and they had split custody when they divorced. But obviously, the parent with the main house is going to see the kids more. So that goes along with that line. And the chorus i've been dressing for revenge taylor swift has been wearing outfits like a blue dress with stars on it and then like a feathery boa kind of overcoat and uh yale cohen braun has worn those same outfits in the last year when she was with scooter so now taylor's trying to like get in the press and remind scooter of outfits that his wife used to wear just to dig the knife in a little deeper and i love it so i think it's safe to say that vigilante shit is about a night in 2020 when she was thinking about scooter braun i love dissecting this shit i love how taylor's motto is like i never say who my songs are about but she makes it just just obvious enough but just leaving a little bit of a question enough for who it was i think it's so fun and fierce of her next song i want to discuss is actually the saddest song i've ever heard in my fucking life and if i ever hear in the car or comes on shuffle and there's a cliff nearby i might just drive off that damn cliff because it makes me sue upsidal it is so sad it's called would have could have should have if i'd only played it safe i would have stayed on my knees and i damn sure never would have danced with the devil at 19 and the gods on the truth is that the pain was heaven It's actually a bonus track, or I guess on the 3 a.m. version of Midnight's. And I think What Have, Could Have, Should Have was about a midnight that Taylor Swift couldn't sleep in 2010. 
all the way back in 2010 when Taylor was about 21, about my age. Some of the lyrics are, and if I was some paint, did it splatter on a promising grown man? And if I was a child, did it matter if you got to wash your hands? On this song, and in a lot of the songs from Midnight's, Taylor makes the Midnight track sound like it's from the era that she is remembering, if that makes sense. And Taylor says in her new Jimmy Fallon interview that she doesn't really do things on accident. She's going to make a song sound like an old era on purpose. And this song sounds like it would be on 2010's Speak Now because she's singing like she did in her old, like higher pitched voice. You can tell she's trying to like pitch up her voice and the lyrics just sound very innocent and like a younger girl singing them. And this lyric literally says, if I was a child, did it matter if you got to wash your hands? I feel like that kind of means like she's saying the word child and grown man that is referring to an age gap. And Taylor was 19 and John was 32 when they were together. Isn't that fucking crazy? I mean, if it's not obvious enough, let's just get into the next lyric. I would have stayed on my knees and I damn sure never would have danced with the devil at 19. Boom. John Mayer. Case closed. Bring in the dancing lobsters. Lock them up. Death sentence. And the God's honest truth is that the pain was heaven. And now that I'm grown, I'm scared of ghosts. Memories feel like weapons. And now that I know, I'd wish you'd left me wondering. Ugh. That's so heartbreaking. That's like the new All Too Well. That might even be sadder than All Too Well. And I love how she put that. Now that I'm grown, I'm scared of ghosts. Memories feel like wo- memories feel like weapons. I love how she's acknowledging the pain and grief you can feel when you have to like mourn a past relationship and you never really get over it. You just kind of move on. But when it pops in your head in an intrusive thought, especially in the middle of the night, a memory can feel like a weapon. And I feel like that sometimes too. I have to like shove thoughts out of my head because they're physically hurting me so i love this song it's so sad but so amazing and i mean come on it's track 19 she was 19 when it was put out and now she's 32 he was 32 when they were together so she doesn't do this on accident the last lyric i want to mention is the wound won't close i keep on waiting for a sign i regret you all the time damn if clarity's in death then why won't this die Years of tearing down our banners, you and I. Living for the thrill of hitting you where it hurts. Give me back my girlhood. It was mine first. Uh! (laughs) I I, I need a minute. I need a fucking minute. That just sounds like the cry of like a young girl begging for her innocence back from this evil ass grown man that she was with when he was 32. And the line, if clarity's in death, then why won't this die? She doesn't know why she can't get over it. She just can't believe someone treated her like that, that this man was actually that devilish. And living for the thrill of hitting you where it hurts, she wrote a song called Dear John that was one of her most brutal breakup songs of all time. It really exposed him and like everyone knew it was about him because first of all, it had his name in the title. And yes, a Dear John letter is like a common phrase, but... She made it very obvious that it was about John and John kind of hit her back with like, oh, that was cheap songwriting. It made me look like such a bad guy, like it came out of nowhere. So Taylor was like living for the thrill of hitting him where it hurts. But bitch, if you took her girlhood, her girlhood, it was hers first, bitch. Give it back. So he deserves it. He deserves every second of that. And it's the same story she kind of told in the Dear John tale. 
Dear John's lyrics say, Don't you think I was too young to be messed with? The girl in the dress cried the whole way home. I should have known. Well, maybe it's me and my blind optimism to blame. Maybe it's you and your sick need to give love and then take it away. And you'll add my name to the long list of traitors who don't understand. And I'll look back and regret how I ignored when they said run as fast as you can. So she is talking about regret, how he fucked with a girl who was too young because she looked all sweet and innocent. He can just wash her hands after. I think it's case, close, put a stamp on it, move it along. It's about John Mayer and he should be locked in prison for the rest of his life. He's like the new Jake Gyllenhaal. He's competing for the worst Taylor Swift X of all time award. Someone's tweet said, upon listening to could have, would have, should have, I would like to issue a formal apology for every time I've called John Mayer hot. We ride at dawn. (laughs) I've never thought he was hot. He was not really like my type the whole time. And good. I have a good judge of character. No, I'm just kidding. I may have fallen for him too. I've been with one too many 30 year old, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, third one midnight rain he was sunshine i was midnight rain he wanted a comfortable i wanted that pain he wanted a bride i was making my own name chasing that fame he stayed the same all of me changed like This one is getting a lot of traction. I was kind of surprised because I just didn't know if it was the type of song that a lot of people would relate to. She's talking about chasing fame and it's it's really for girls who, or boys, you know, girls, boys. But I'm, when I say girls, like I mean like the girls, like the girlies, which obviously includes the girls, guys, and they, that goes without saying. But it's for the girls who are like so focused on themselves and their own passions and their own work that sometimes they can be not too attentive to other relationships in their life and may give them up to pursue them. And I think now like hustler culture and Gen Z is very much on that wave. So I feel like people are like, yes, like I'm working so hard every fucking day. Maybe a lot of people have someone that they kind of left behind because of that. I think midnight rain is about a midnight in Taylor Swift's life that she was lying awake in the year 2009. Whoa. Boom. When she was 20. I think it's about Taylor Lautner. The lyric goes, My boy was a montage, a slow motion love potion jumping off things in the ocean. I broke his heart because he was nice. We know Taylor Swift and Taylor Lautner dated in 2009, just for a few months in the fall. And a slow motion love potion jumping off things in the ocean. His character would do like slow motion, like sexy reveals in Twilight and sexy stunt scenes, like jumping off things in the ocean. And then I broke my heart Oh, sorry. I broke his heart because he was nice. She wrote the song back to December for her album Speak Now. And that is one of the only songs where Taylor Swift is begging for forgiveness because she kind of feels like she traumatized a a boy. She kind of she's on the other end of the bad relationship kind of or I wouldn't say bad relationship, but the mistake in the relationship and the maybe inconsiderate partner in the relationship and i think that's really big of her to write a song on her album that she knows is going to be really popular and like blame herself and kind of admit that she wasn't the best person to be with and she broke his heart in back to december she says you gave me roses and i left them there to die you gave me all your love and all i gave you was goodbye that's so sad 
a lot of sources at the time, I kind of did some research about like why they broke up and it didn't really last that long. And it kind of seems like Taylor Swift was just not as into him as she thought she would be once it got going. And he just was way more in love with her than she was with him. A quote said from a source from E said, he liked her more than she liked him. He went everywhere to go that he could see her, but she didn't really travel much to see him. So it kind of seems like I broke his heart because he was nice. Um, blah, blah, blah. Like he was kind of being that simp for her. And that makes sense because of the knowledge we know from the past songs about him. Some of the other lyrics are rain. He wanted it comfortable. I wanted that pain. He wanted a bride. I was taking my own name, chasing that fame. He stayed the same. All of me changed like midnight rain. First of all, and she says, I was making my own name. They had the same name, obviously. And if they got married one day, they would have had the same exact name. So people would always like make jokes about that and say how that'd be funny, blah, blah, blah. But instead of chasing his last name, she wanted her own name. And that's exactly what happened. And he's been pretty stagnant and similar ever since then with, you know, no shade to Taylor in his career, but pretty similar. He stayed the same she said and she's changed so much since 2009 she's changed and then changed again and then changed again so she says all of me changed like midnight rain continuing he wanted a bride that lyric taylor kind of wanted that family life which he has now did you guys know taylor lautner actually married a woman named taylor so now they're both taylor lautner did did he have some weird kink with that? Like, he's kind of weird for that. With this Taylor, then this Taylor. He was like, I'm marrying a Taylor. First thing on his Tinder bio was, your name's got to be Taylor. He he said his settings for, has to be 5-4 and named Taylor. Anyway, good for him. He wanted a bride. He got the bride. Other lyrics say, and I never think of him, except on midnights like this. Ooh, damn. So she still thinks about him sometimes. Ooh. Wow. Except on midnights like this. Wow. Yeah. Just lingering at midnight. That's when all like the deep memories come up. Things that you totally thought you were over. You suddenly see a different side of and you're like, wait, maybe I'm not over it. Maybe there's all this more layers to think about it. You thought you moved on, but you didn't. So I never think of him except on midnights like this. She's kind of thinking about the life that she could have had with him and, gave away if she was just willing to stay simple with him and be the bride that he maybe wanted to be and he was trying to court her and fly everywhere to see her and give her flowers and be a good boyfriend and she was just not into it and i like that she said i do think of like she kind of basically said i think of him sometimes and it's like this because in Back to December, she says, it turns out freedom isn't nothing but missing you, wishing I'd realized what I had when you were mine. I'd go back to December, turn around and change my mind. That's crazy. So she even admits like back then she still was kind of thinking about him. So she still feels bad for what she did to Taylor and still isn't over the whole situation. I'm convinced it's about Taylor. I know some people are saying Tom Hiddleston, but to me, it has the writing on the wall, Midnight Rain is about Taylor Lautner, and I love dissecting these. Let me know if you guys want more. I can do three more songs next episode, or I can put stuff like this on YouTube, but I love the whole Midnight's dissection, and I could literally go all day. I could write a book about it. I could write a thesis about this, so just let me know.
You guys, it is day 234 of being a girl. And Dylan Mulvaney, the iconic transgender woman on TikTok that we, I'm pretty sure, have all known and seen at least a few times on TikTok at this point. If you have not, please go check her out. At is Dylan Mulvaney. She's a legend. She's an icon. And she's doing a series about documenting her transition live on TikTok so people can see her going from her past boy self to the day she decided to come out and begin her journey to now in the 200. So it's almost it's been like three-fourths of a year that Dylan has been a woman. And TikTok really loves Dylan. The acceptance, I feel like at first was better. But as you know, as people blow up, as you get more followers, more money, people find it as a reason to want to take you down. More money, more problems. So Dylan has been getting so much hate this week. It's actually insane. I haven't even seen someone get so much hate for literally doing nothing. Like Dylan did nothing this whole week and Dylan has gotten so much hate for simply existing. So basically, this week Dylan got the opportunity to go and speak to the president of the United States, Joe Biden, about trans issues. And their interview went really good. Dylan was asking how Biden feels about um like rights to um gender affirming surgery and using bathrooms that transgender people would like to use and everything like that. And Joe Biden was super supportive, super on team trans progress. We loved that. But right after, Dylan just got this influx of hate that I saw from people not wanting Dylan to work with Ulta for their what it means to be a woman campaign. People not wanting Dylan to go and see the president. People saying Dylan can't be a mom even though she can be a mom because she is a woman and can have a child in some way so people are just finding any single reason to hate on dylan this week and while biden and the liberals are more prone to being accepting and amazing the other side the right side thinks that dylan is literally something that china is using to push they think that china is using tiktok to push dylan mulvaney on tiktok to ruin america that sounds way crazier than being trans it does, right? And they also think that being trans is crazy. That's why I said that. But they think that Dylan and transness are uprooting and destroying the fabric of American society that was built on things like gender norms and the family construct. Completely false. And the Biden administration jumped in. And the Biden administration invited Dylan Mulvaney to interview the president of the United States. Because again, this is how cultures are destroyed from within. The barbarians are inside the gates. You take ideas that carve away at the very fundamental bases of all civilization, and then you treat them as though these are aspects of heroism. You carve away at that, and, and the carving is the heroism. It seems that the more perverse you are on TikTok, the more likely you are to garner a big following. I don't think it's because people are meaning to engage with your content. I think it's because China means for people to engage with your content. China, of course, wins the more perverse an American culture um, becomes because it is the best way to attack us is with cultural Marxism, right? They're controlling a TikTok app, which means that they are controlling the habits of our children as they are on this app. And this creature, Dylan Mulvaney came out of nowhere. I showed you his video of him frolicking. It almost seems like it's a joke. The right side just uses fallacies because they're hateful and want nothing more than to completely eradicate people that they don't understand who or who don't go along with the fake marketing pitch that they've always been given about America, about the American dream and the American family. And people are afraid of what they don't know. And they 
don't know Dylan. and But Dylan has a right to do what she's doing now. So there's nothing that they can really do to stop her except be hateful. But the one person on the right that we thought would be supportive of Dylan is Caitlyn Jenner. But no, an old video of Dylan talking about her bulge when, you know, someone who just started their transition or just simply has never gotten gender affirming surgery or anything may still have the reproductive organ as the gender that they were assigned at birth and have a little bit of a bulge down there. So Dylan was kind of talking about her feelings about it in one of her TikToks and how to present it. 74 being a girl, round of applause for the makeup. And I wore this outfit shopping today. And I thought that these might be my new shopping shorts, but I was walking around and everyone was staring and I was like, oh, okay, what's going on? And they were all staring directly at my crotch. And I went, oh, I forgot that my crotch doesn't look like other women's crotches sometimes because mine doesn't look like a little Barbie pocket. And I thought, okay, Dylan, you have some options here. Number one, you can stop wearing clothes that fit like this and and just find looser fitting items. Number two, I can do a tuck, which is going to have to be a whole other video, but it's very painful and involved of a... Or number three, I just normalize it. And I wear clothes like this and we all just normalize women having bulges sometimes because we're coming up on bikini season, baby, and you might see a bulge or two. So normalize the bulge. We are normalizing the bulge. Women can have bulges and that's okay. We're not going to stare at their crotches while they're wearing their little shopping shorts at the mall. Thank you. Love you. Bye. That was a very un, like real understandable issue that I'm sure every trans woman goes through. And if you're going to support trans people, why would you not acknowledge that that's a real issue? You know what I'm saying? Why is that something that we're pretending isn't happening? Caitlyn Jenner quoted someone's tweet that said, Dylan Mulvaney, Joe Biden, and radical left-wing lunatics want to make this absurdity normal. Caitlyn Jenner, one of the most, probably the most famous trans per- person in history, said... At Marsha Blackburn, thank you for speaking out and having a backbone. One of the best senators we have. Let's not normalize any of what this is, of what this person is doing. This is absurdity. And then Caitlin went on to say that Dylan, talking about Dylan, Caitlin said, quote, he is talking about his penis. Caitlin literally called another trans person who identifies as a woman a he. Isn't that fucking crazy? Over a little issue like deciding how to present your region down there in pants caitlin is so fucked up and insane and i can't believe caitlin would say that it just goes to show that caitlin has never been there for trans people only herself since she's comfortable and she's happy now she doesn't care what young trans person she has to step on she doesn't support trans people in sports she clearly doesn't support trans people wearing what ever they want and it's very fucked up as the leader of this movement and the one who probably has the most say on it just because of her fame and power and everything like that she's not supporting the trans youth caitlin then said there's a difference between acceptance and tolerance and normalizing exposing your genitals in a public way and a public place i do not support that at all in the slightest dylan congrats you're trans with a penis caitlin not only do you not support trans people but now you're perpetuating harmful stereotypes about the lgbtq just in general that we're predators and we're like exhibitionists and just like sexual predators in a way like that 
why is Caitlyn fully anti-LGBTQ? It's absolutely insane. I wouldn't even know how to respond to this if I was Dylan, but Dylan made a video on TikTok and the way she perfectly articulated the most masterful response to Caitlyn Jenner, I just wanted to show this and show why even though Dylan gets a lot of hate online these days, Dylan is such a good and fierce trans representative and trans role model and should literally take Caitlyn Jenner's spot as the most famous and the most influential in my opinion so this is dylan's response it's day 233 of being a girl and this video is for caitlyn jenner if you're not caitlyn keep on scrolling hi caitlyn i'm dylan and we are two of the most privileged trans women in america at the moment and with that comes a lot of responsibility but then you decided to ridicule me very publicly and honestly this tweet didn't phase me all that much but then this one made me go not you calling me a he that is just oh terrible but then you didn't stop there you said there is a difference between acceptance and tolerance and normalizing exposing your genitals in a public way and a public place i do not support that at all in the slightest dylan dot 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 congrats you're trans with a penis girl you're making me sound like i'm some creepy flasher exposing myself I was wearing perfectly normal shorts at a mall, and I'm just, I'm not as far along as you. Please be patient. And, you know, now that I think about it, I I don't even think I have interest in getting to know you because the way you use your platform to publicly degrade me, it it told me everything I needed to know about you. And uh, a trans person invalidating another trans person's transness is pretty evil in my eyes. Like, the call is coming from inside the house. I am none of those things that your cohorts are painting me to be. And my question for you is, don't you feel a little lonely over there? These people that you're standing with, I don't know if they have your best intentions at heart. Please don't go after Caitlyn because I already know how difficult it is to be publicly trans. Yet you have personally subjected me to thousands and thousands of hateful eyes, a number of which could very well want to hurt me. And that's how much power you have. You were woman of the year. This is not woman of the year behavior. No need to respond to this video. I am moving on, onward and upward, and I hope you do too. Amazing. And Dylan does all that in one take. Isn't that crazy? Dylan is so well-spoken, an amazing public speaker. But seriously, all the right-wing hate beautifully dealt with we don't realize how much pressure is on her shoulders and she carries it so well and she's so positive her enthusiasm is real she's really a happy positive person who wants to spread the utmost joy in this world and people i think take her kindness for weakness and think that they could come at her and attack her and she'll just hide away but no bitch she's out there talking to the president she's out there making real change real positive change and putting her full transition on display for people to learn from even the uncomfortable parts even the parts maybe you think wouldn't go on tiktok she's doing that for all of us to learn about it and i feel like it's important for all of us to learn about it and talk about it because i feel like the trans issue is where like the gay issue was years ago where you know people would always say like the boomers would be like there was no gay people when i was growing up you know i don't know why everyone's gay these days no there was gay people homophobia was just a thing and people could get killed or pushed out of their home or 
beat up or whatever for being gay so people hid but as it became more accepted there was suddenly more gay people because people felt more comfortable in showing themselves and coming out and i feel like that's where it is the trans issue now people are a lot of people still aren't understanding it and mostly because they've never seen a trans person or knew a trans person but as it becomes more accepted with people like dylan suddenly more and more trans people are coming out like oh my god i didn't realize so many people were internally going through this and are trans like even in the new season of drag race there was like six girls um who well queens who you know were still identifying as male preseason, but then after it came out as trans and i think that's amazing and i think it's getting to that point where it's going to be a more normalized thing and we should just all have good informational sources to go to about the issue and i think dylan is that so wait oh yeah let me read some tweets about this so someone said dylan mulvaney snapping back at caitlin jenner for being transphobic is the best thing that's happened this year queen shit so proud someone else said caitlin jenner is hating on dylan and we all know it's because caitlin thinks that dylan is hot younger influential trying to be happy and help others and in the white house well caitlin jenner looks like a bitter balled up wet towel that got away with murder because caitlin jenner like killed someone in a car accident anyway what can we learn from this when it comes to controversial political issues like these that you may not know a bunch about and are not sure how to feel about or who to listen to pay attention to who is spreading love and who is spreading hate who is spreading open arms positivity understanding and who is spreading hateful words closed-mindedness and attacking because that will tell you all you need to know about who to believe and who to look to for a good information source and will guide you to the right side of history that a lot of these people will not be on Anyway, thank you guys for joining me in Pop Culture University today. I hope you had an amazing time and enjoyed hanging out and getting the tea. I had the best time, especially with the whole Taylor Swift section. I could talk about that forever. Seriously, let me know if you want me to make more. And yeah, happy Tuesday. Are you guys literally going to put up your Christmas decorations already? I may be judgmental about that. I don't know why. Like, I'm fine with having it up for like three weeks. That's fine by me. Let's let me put it up the first week of December. I will be blasting Mariah Carey though. So many other pop girlies deserve the spotlight on Christmas. Santa, tell me, Arna Grande, are you kidding? Kelly Clarkson, so many amazing Christmas songs. Her Christmas ballad. Last year she came out with a Christmas album. I swear I listened to it all fucking year. So I guess I have no space to talk. But her song "Merry Christmas to the One I Used to Know" will make you like sob your eyes out. It's so heart wrenching in the best way. Like a good like just just a good cathartic cry for christmas really check it out ava max christmas without you i love that one mm, i'm trying to think of what other christmas bangers christmas and chill by ariana grande casey musgraves has really good christmas music taylor swift christmas tree farm but yeah i i can make a whole spotify christmas playlist if y'all would be into that i feel like i did last year but i probably like deleted it i have like 30 million playlists it's actually an unhealthy problem i'll make a playlist for like a car drive and then never delete it i have the most random playlist with the weirdest titles and the most odd assortment of music you've ever seen in your fucking life at my spotify but anyway um i hope you have an amazing week if last week was not you know your week this is a brand new week new opportunities new chances to slay and if you feel like you were unproductive last week you could make up so much ground and be way farther ahead than you ever thought you could be with just a few hours of 
focused work and grinding towards your goals. And I believe in you and you can do it. And I know you'll have an amazing productive week because you are beautiful and capable and can achieve anything you desire. And I truly believe that about you, but you need to say that to yourself. But yeah, until Friday, I will see y'all then. Hit me up with what your costumes were. Hit me up with what you think about the Taylor Swift section with your theories. If you want me to do more, screenshot this, post it to your Instagram story, tag me. That way I will see you. Five star Spotify, Apple podcast. And yeah, until next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.